Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Olivia's straight in with a question. Is it is it better to keep up painkillers or to not take them unless necessary? I have got a view about painkillers. And my pet view about painkillers is that you do not take them unless necessary. Because I feel that painkillers can cause problems. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna I'm gonna preface it, is it? Or I'm gonna say something again afterwards in a minute. So don't 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 cut it there. So I think there is something going on the bottom of the screen, isn't there? Which is quite tedious. Let's get. But do please comment and share. By the way, PD, can you comment? You can comment on Instagram. Can you share? You probably can't share on Instagram, can you? But please comment on Instagram, and please comment and share. Um, uh, nah. My view is that, in general terms, I tell people not to take painkillers unless they have to. I'm not one of these people who would say, "Oh, I'll take you know painkillers and." You know, I don't think you should take painkillers regularly if you're not in pain. Now, if you are in pain, then it can be good to take them regularly to keep on top of the pain. So you don't want to you've got to titrate it. So if you are in pain and you feel that the painkillers are helpful, especially if you've got an immediate cause for the pain, i.e. post-op. So if you're post-op, obviously, it might well be a bit sore to start with. And so it is good to start with the painkillers regularly if it's bad and then titrate them off. But I would always say to try and um, reduce them w- w- as quickly as you can. Um, and if you can, if you if your pain is controlled and you're not in much pain, don't take them just for the sake of it. And that is why you've got to be a bit careful because sometimes you get them and the box says, you know, take four to, you know, take two, four hourly or something like that, or six hourly. And so people religiously take them like that. But uh, if you're in, not in pain, then I don't think you should take them because they can cause problems, particularly codeine-based ones, cocodamol, coproximol, codeine phosphate, those sorts of ones, tramadol, um, uh, buprenorphine, um, anyway, temgesic, I think that's the same as buprenorphine, isn't it? Anyway, the opioid, opiate ones, because they can make you constipated, they can make you dizzy and... and um, woozy and they can also make you feel sick so they do have side effects and constipation particularly can be worse than the pain so you've got to be careful so if you are needing to take regular painkillers keep yourself regular fresh fruit and veg etc um but i would say that see how you go and if the pain's not too bad i would think about um titrating them down and not not taking them um absolutely regularly but if the pain is bad then it is good to keep on top of it um so um joe can hear me on on facebook good and i think i got reason to believe that instagram is also working um which is a uh, bonus what's the normal recovery time with swelling after a big thigh lift um well always best talk to your surgeon Mm. um but it depends on what you mean by recovery, really. Um, I mean, skin's probably going to be healed in a week, you know, four to four to ten days. Skin's going to be healed, although there's sometimes bits for big sort of body contouring surgery. There's often bits that don't heal up as well and you get little, little bits and bobs. Um, but the skin's probably going to be healed within the first, you know, week to two weeks. Uh, underlying tissues take a good few weeks to uh, get it together. And uh, swelling, etc. Again, takes a good few weeks. So I normally say around sort of four to six weeks, you're going to start to get knitting together. So you're going to get this, you know, the strength coming back in the wound, so you can start getting back into things. And then things really start about about three months. And they can take six, twelve, even eighteen months to properly settle. But around three months, things sometimes things start to settle. Come on, Instagram, what's going on? Uh, only paracetamol taken good why is it you don't recommend compression after a thigh lift um it's not that i don't recommend compression after a thigh lift i think compression is good and it can be supportive but i think it is difficult with the thigh because the problem with compression 
is that it has to start and stop somewhere. And ideally, the compression will start and stop past the area of surgery. So, um, for instance, if you're doing a tummy tuck, the compression goes below the scar and goes up to here, and the whole area of surgery is, is included in the compression. When you're doing something like a thigh lift or a um, arm lift, you it is hard to get the compression to get either side because you've got an elbow and a shoulder and you've got a knee and a hip you know you've got those joints and the thigh lift and arm lift often go all the way up to the um, um, armpit or up to the groin and you can't get compression going past that joint because then you won't be able to move your hip very well so the compression garments always have bits or gaps around the armpits and the and the hips and you can get a lot of swelling in those gaps so that's the problem I've got. I want the compression to completely encase the area. So um, that's why I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a big massive fan of these compression garments because they're often quite big and, you know, massive great things that are quite hard to get on and off um, if you're going to, if you're going to get compression there. And as I say, that in the areas where there's no compression, you can, can get swelling. So that's where I am on that. But as I say, everyone's different. Some people will use compression, I'm sure, and will have a real uh, have a reason to, to use that and have a, you know, I'm sure get good results with using compression as well. So it's no right or wrong. It's just everyone's personal experiences and patients' experiences. It's a weird, uncomfy, it's a weird, uncomfy, depending on which position I'm in, not pain as such. Good. Wounds are healed. Good. So excited. Arrange my update today. Tracy, I am so excited for you because it things are starting to happen. We've done some surgery today. Done some surgery. All right. I mean, I have been doing surgery until now. I have been doing um, minor ops at my clinic, but I haven't done anything sort of bigger than a minor op. So we've started, I say, I, I, let's be honest here, I have started today and we're doing some local, I, not we, I, just me, local insulation cases today and I've got more booked in a, uh, is it next, <laughs> sounds bad, I've got more booked in a couple of weeks, I should be operating every week, shouldn't I? Um, is it next week? No, I think it's a week after. And then we got some GA cases in October. So is that you, Tracy? I think it might be. So that is awesome. Oh, God. Thank the Lord. But I've got to be honest with you. It is not looking good at all. Um, and it's uh, certainly for the GA. The uh, but Anyway, but it's great to get things moving. And I'm very, very excited. Um, Seely, hi, dude. Hi, Seely. Seely, the other thing is I've just done an Instagram thing. It all went wrong, so I had to stop it. So when I stopped it, it said download video or something. So there is an option to download the Instagram there. I've never noticed it before because I never really looked. But anyway, that's probably not helpful because I think you were trying to download. Were you? Were you trying to download your Instagram or something? So anyway, um, so yeah, that's, that's perhaps. It's not that helpful to you if you've already done it, but maybe for next time when you finish your Instagram, there is a thing that says download video if you wanted to do that. So Instagram's got a question, which is exciting. What happens after when you get lumpy six weeks after liposuction? Will the lumpiness go down? Mad laminid. Um, that's one of the problems with liposuction, mad laminid. Mad laminid. Mad laminid. Um, and you can get lumpiness. And I've got to, I'd say six weeks is early days. Six weeks, you're looking at healing. Swelling might be starting to settle. It's early days. And you often get lump, like, uh, lumpiness with liposuction. And um, I would, uh, and you're, you're saying, will it go down? First of all, stick with your surgeon, unless I'm your surgeon, in which case, do what I'm about to say. But uh, talk to your surgeon. But uh, my advice in that circumstance is that it will change and it will be different in a few months time so i hope it will be a lot better but it might not be there might be still lumpiness or there might be some issues but it will be different so don't make any long-term judgments at six weeks three months is the minimum before you start thinking about what's going on and really six 12 months for everything to properly settle but it is not unusual to get lumpiness contour irregularities funny feelings all sorts of bits and bobs going on with a uh, with liposuction so do i still carry on wearing the garment do what your surgeon says and if your surgeon's me no six weeks you can start taking it off and uh, getting into exercise and um 
but if it's uncomfortable, if it swells, then put the garment back on again. If the surgeon's not me, then you better do what your surgeon says. But um, I would say after six weeks, you can start getting back into stuff, although the swelling will still be there. As I say, the swelling's there for three months, but I think it's quite a big deal to say uh, wear your garment for three months. Very exciting news. I have got a question. I've got this little one by my question saying, oh, it says I've just asked a question. <laughs> okay, right. That's mad limit. Awesome. That was good. So the question thing works. So what's the difference in question and just answering a question? Anyway, that's good. I think I could put a sticker that says ask a question. Ooh, hearts. Wow. Thank you. Good luck, mad lament. Mad lament. Mad lament. Um, what's going on? Hi, dude. Is it necessary to have a blood thinner post-surgery after a tummy tuck? I recently heard this is important to prevent a blood clot. Is this true? Um, yeah. Yup. Pretty much, Liz. Pretty much. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, everyone's different, Liz. And uh, we all have our own regimes post-op. And obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but there's a balance post-op in terms of blood thinners because we don't want you getting a DVT, which then can go to your, which is a clot in your legs, which can go to your lungs, which can be really damaging and a really bad complication. And it's because you're immobile. When you're having surgery, you're immobile. And there's a risk that these clots can form. But obviously, you've just had surgery. So when you have surgery, there's a risk of hematoma, which is blood collecting in wherever you've had your surgery. So there's a balance there. We don't want to thin your blood so much that you never get cause any clots because we want you to clot in your wound. We want you to clot in your in your tummy tuck. So a tummy tuck's a really good example because a tummy tuck's got it's quite a big op. There's quite a big space. There's quite a big risk of hematoma and blood collecting, etc. And so you might say, well, we don't want blood thinners in that case because it'll be a disaster. But at the same time, there's quite a big risk of DVT. And DVT, particularly because you're putting pressure on your tummy, which is going to reduce the venous drainage from your legs. So there's an increased risk of DVT with any surgery, but it's even higher with a, with a tummy tuck. So personally, again, just me, I do worry about DVT, particularly with tummy tuck. It has got a high risk. So I am more worried about DVT than I am about hematoma. So I do give people the thinning things. It's called heparin. I do give people the thinning uh, um, injections after a tummy tuck because I am very worried about um, uh, DVT. Other operations where perhaps you might be less uh, worried about DVT, i.e. shorter operations which aren't, haven't got pressure on the tummy, um, you might be less concerned about DVT. So you might just go with early mobilization rather than giving the blood thinner because you might be the, the, the risk of hematoma might be more of a than the you know the DVT one. So um, it's always a balance because you don't want to give too much blood thinner because you don't want them to bleed, but you don't want to give not enough blood thinner um, because you don't want to um, clot and cause a clot. Always a balance. Good question, Liz. Gold star to you. Thank you for that. Um, so, and again, surgeon preference, uh, and um, there's no answers about it. But I think it is um, good practice. And 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 the other thing is, I say surgeon preference. There are guidelines about these things. And the other thing is, there are other measures as well as the <clears throat> the blood thinners. Ted stockings, Floatron boots, Ted stockings, those white float flight socks things. Floatron boots are things that go around your calves that blow them up and down. And probably as important as all of this is mobilizing, which means moving your legs, moving your hips, moving your bum, keeping everything circulating. And the best thing you can do is walk. So we try and get you up walking day one, probably not the day of surgery, but the next day we try and get you walking the next day. That's what we do. I don't think there were seagulls. I think there were geese. <laughs> They sometimes go in that V, flying geese, pet geese. Um, right, so we've got some questions. That's Helen Kay. What causes capsule? This is on Instagram. I mean, this is fascinating. We've got questions on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, this is the holy grail of social media um, engagement, honestly. Next thing, I'll be having questions on YouTube. God knows how that works. Um what causes capsules from breast implants to be stuck to the ribs? And is it difficult to then remove? Thank you. <laughs> capsules stuck to the ribs. Ooh, sounds nasty. Well, capsules stuck to the ribs, Helen Kay, is really when you've got a submuscular breast uh, augmentation. So obviously, if you've got a... Oh, I keep on saying obviously. It's not obvious, is it? 
Anyway, if you've got implants on top of the muscle, then the posterior capsule, the back of the capsule will be stuck to the muscle. But when you've got implants underneath the muscle, then the front of the capsule will be stuck to the muscle and the back of the capsule will be stuck to the ribs. So therefore, uh, so what causes it to be stuck to the ribs? Well, the capsule is scar tissue. It's scar tissue that forms around the implant and it's stuck to everything. Scar is stuck to everything. So it's stuck to the ribs, it's stuck to the implant, it's stuck to the, you know, stuck to both sides. So that's what scar tissue does. It sticks to everything. And that is a problem or a potential problem with the submuscular uh, capsulectomy because the ribs are right there. Um, What's the behind me? But I think it might be a reflection. Of my, or it was my arm. It was my arm reflect. God, that's weird. Um, sorry, I digress. Um, so the capsule is is the, the posterior capsule is stuck to the uh, ribs, and so the risk is that there is a actually a risk of a pneumothorax, a risk of actually making a hole in the uh, covering around the lungs, because obviously between the ribs there's um, there's the intercostal space, and then through there there's the lungs. So um, there is a risk to that, to, 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 to make a little hole there. Um, not quite as disastrous as it sounds, but still, you know, not great. So for that reason, when someone's got an implant under them and needs the muscle, sometimes people will leave the posterior capsule um, because it can be quite hard to remove. And if the um, uh, ribs are there, uh, well, the ribs will be there. So um, there's a risk of, of making a little hole in the, um, in the pleura around the lungs. <clears throat> So um, I hope that's, is it difficult to, so yeah, it is difficult. So a capsule is difficult to remove anywhere, but I think that's where you've got to be even more careful when they are submuscular and uh, uh, the posterior border. So sometimes people will just take the anterior, just take part of the capsule, maybe the anterior part and leave the posterior part alone and just say, leave that alone, mate. I'm not going anywhere near there. We've got the ribs. Sometimes people do a total capsulectomy. All depends how bad the capsule is, what sort of implants you're replacing them with, where, what plane you're replacing them. So if you can maybe changing plane, then you'd be less worried and, you know, multifactorial what you do to the capsule. But it is an issue with submuscular. I hope that's been helpful. Good question. Again, we've got some crackers in tonight. What's going on over here? Uh, CD, can you do the filters? I can't see. I can't do them on. I've got fancy software, Seely. Um, so I've got this name, your name is here, yeah, and all that. I can't get it right. Anyway, it's there. So I can't do those funny things. I can on Instagram. I can on Instagram. For instance, it went all dark a minute ago. Tap to try on. Right, see, I can do that on Instagram. Um, not quite sure. <laughs> right, street, oh my God, what have I done? Nice one, Seely. Look what you made me do now. Oh, God. Sorry. Sorry, that was Seely's fault. I don't know what was going on there. Um, sorry. I thought it would just put some dark glasses on me. Anyway, I can't do it on, on, on uh, Facebook because I've got uh, top-of-the-range software. Um, Olivia, thanks, JJ. I've started wearing compression Fabletics leggings for about two hours a day. Good on you, Olivia. That sounds good. Compression Fabletics leggings. Like the sound of that. What length of time for the GA surgeries? Can you do a tummy tuck? Yes, I can, Olivia. Woo, woo. I can do a tummy tuck. I can. So I, I am unusually uh, excited about that. You take things for granted, don't you? It's amazing. It's like, um, what's it, Maslow's hierarchy? Is it Maslow's thing where you, anyway, take things for granted, basically. And uh, yeah, I mean, just doing a normal case in a normal, in a normal, um, operating theater would be amazing be great um so yeah great fabulous uh thank you <laughs> sorry about the dark glasses thing i didn't work as i'd planned but that's the thing you can't test these things you're amazingly helpful look at that oh what a sunshine that is what a sun that's so kind of you to say that really has lit me up <laughs> like a scar oh my god where have I gone? Oh, there, I'm back again. Hello. Oh, God, it's so tired. Hey, coming back up. Hello. Are you still there? What are you still, what are you still doing there? Well, I've got to go now. Hi. Right, okay. That's enough of that. Come on. I'm a prof oh, God. I've got to get it off now. Fully trained professional I am. All right. So, um, oh, God. What's happened now? 
right stop it keep to the keep to the plan keep to the plan right what's going on over here uh olivia's wearing fabletics which is very exciting Seely, in some of them in some of my wls groups oh crikey another tla wls wls okay well let's move on see if it becomes any clearer what wls is i have had so-called influencers like myself i'm sure recruiting for surgical tourism oh that's not me no <laughs> i'm so worried honestly i don't like this trend and living next to gatwick we see lots of walkie wounded straight off the plane <laughs> can you tell me the extent of concern well yes there isn't there is quite an extent of concern see amongst the um amongst the plastic surgery community of um cosmetic surgery tourism and it does put a bit of a burden on the nhs because there are uh, obviously if, if there is an issue it can be be have it can be taken on by the nhs now i've got to be honest with you i don't want to be sort of i don't uh advise people to go abroad for surgery i, or I advise people not to go abroad for surgery same thing said a different way um and because not because the surgery is bad or the surgeons are evil people trying to harm people i think everywhere you go surgeons are trying to do a good job and i think there's some very good surgeons well i don't think there are very good surgeons all over the world obviously and so i but i think there's a couple of issues one issue is we, is we don't really know the level of training we don't know the level of infection control hygiene insurance all these things in terms of the clinic in those countries in this country you can say to people oh go for a place that cqc register go for a surgeon who's fully trained you know all these things whereas in other parts of the oh can't hear you again oh, you're kidding me are you kidding me joe molly's off what kind of name is that joe molly's off the alley i lost sound it's, that's your fault for making me do the for making me do the thing there is that better or did i have a is that better can you hear me now can you hear me now or not might as well put a funny face on if you can't hear me can you hear me now can you hear me is it working now it's, yes it sounds working now i'm back right good thank you <laughs> right so um I think I'm, that just looks a bit normal, that. So I think I might take that off. Sorry, I think it's because I'm messing about with these masks. There. Oh, my God. Don't tell me I've got to keep... Not now. I've got to keep the mask on. I've gone again. So you can hear me when I've got that funny mask on. Can you hear me now? Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Facebook. I'm sorry about this. I will. I will ask about the WLS. You can hear me. So I've got to keep this mask on. I've got to keep this on. <laughs> have I got? Have I got to keep this on? I'll keep this on. Okay, I'll have to keep this on for the rest of the thing. I can't take it off. If I take it off, the sound goes. Right, I'll keep it on. Oh my god! <laughs> Honestly, the things I do for. I can't take the mask off. Right, I'll leave it on. It's fine. Um. So. Um, yeah, it is a worry, cosmetic surgery tourism, because you don't know the level of training, etc. Can't hear. You're having a laugh. Are you having a laugh? You're having a laugh with me now. Can you hear me? I'll take the mask off. Right. Masks off. Can you hear me with the mask off? I thought you could only hear me with the mask on. Can you hear me with the mask off? Hear me now. I've taken the mask off. I've taken the mask off. I can always leave and come back. I shouldn't have messed with the mask. Celia, you've asked me to do the masks and I've just messed it all up. Can you hear me now? Mask off can hear you now. Right. Leave the masks. All right. Step away from the masks. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Right. The mask is off. They can hear me. Right. Exhibit A, don't know training, don't know um, <clears throat> uh, infection control and indemnity insurance, etc. And also there was another reason. What was it? Oh, yes. Traveling. Traveling is not great. 
um, uh, around surgery because it increases your risk of DVT, which is talking about DVT and tummy tucks and stuff. If you're doing a travel, traveling in a plane, <clears throat> increases your risk of DVT. So you don't really want to, um, I'm not wearing it now. Thank you. All right. That's that sort of comment. I'm not wearing the mask. Um, DVT increases your risk. So you don't really want to do that. And also the thing, you, I mean, I don't know what's happening. I'm not wearing the mask. No, I'm not. This is my normal face. Um, the thing that happens with, um, that you've got to look into and, 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 and really, I think this is why as plastic surgeons, we have to educate the public and say, look, you've got to, these are the questions and things you've got to ask. So what I would be saying is you've got to ask them what would happen if you got a problem? You know, could you see the surgeon again? What if you need a revision? What if you have a complication? What if you have an infection? What if you have a hematoma or a seroma? Or if the implants are sitting right, or if you have a dog ear, or if you have this and that, you know, what is your uh, recourse? Because we sometimes get people who contact us and say, look, I had surgery in uh, somewhere abroad. It doesn't matter. And uh, I'm, you know, worried about the scar or I'm not happy with something. And I'm like, you know, we don't, we, we, we can't, well, don't say we can't, we could, but we don't help because it sounds bad. We don't help, but you, you, you know, the, the um, onus is on the surgeon to get it right, to get things right and to sort out any complications. And you will be hard pressed to find a plastic surgeon who will look after you because we are just, I've said this before, we just paid for the surgery and the aftercare is just part of the surgery. And uh, we, you know, that is how we work in this country. And I, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but certainly in this country, you only really pay for the, for the, for the surgery. And then the aftercare is sort of part of that. So although you might be, um, you might be thinking, you didn't miss much, um, Celia, I, I don't think. <laughs> um, you might be thinking, um, that you could have follow-up you, you it, sorry you might be thinking that it's expensive to, to have surgery and it, well it is expensive to have surgery but this and you, and you might think oh my god he gets paid all that money and he just spends an hour or three hours in theater and he, but it's not just three hours in theater you only get paid for that that bit but then you all the follow-up is part of the deal um and so that is one or that might be one of the lot of people said, why is it so much more expensive in the UK than it is in other countries? That might be one of the things. I don't know what other countries do. Now, you might have a fantastic aftercare set up and have surgery abroad. So I'm not saying that it's bad when you go abroad. I'm just saying these are the things you've got to look at. And if you have a problem, can you access that surgeon? Can you access that facility to get help, to get advice, to have someone help you or um, um, see you through any issues you might have? And that is certainly a large part of my practice is is the aftercare. I mean, it's about looking after people. It's about touching base with them and checking they're okay and allowing them to touch base with you and to come back and see if they've got, you know, see how it's all healing and keep an eye on everything. And so I would be looking at someone who would be able to do that. Um, how do we get onto this? Oh, yeah, it was a double WLS groups, WLS. Um, and, um, yeah, mm. so, uh, don't know what to say. I don't know what the recruiting for surgical tourism sounds pretty, pretty, um, pretty hardcore. Um, anyway, thank you, Celie. And I'm sorry to hear that, uh, you got recruiters in your WLS groups. Um, what's going on here? Okay, people tell me it's okay. The NHS will fix and tell them, no, we will make sure you don't die, but we won't make you happy, just healthy. Yeah, I mean, a bit harsh. Um, I mean, the NHS will, will, I mean, really, it shouldn't. I mean, the NHS will, will, if you are got a raging infection and if you're, you know, in a lot of pain and if you're, um, Got a real problem yeah the nhs will help you but really if you've paid for private treatment you would probably want um to perhaps be looked after in the private sector um so the nhs will and the, and the nhs will will get you through the problem so if you've got an infected implant they'll remove the implant perhaps you know or they'll they'll you know wash out the wound or something but they won't 
necessarily get you to the end because they'll just get you over the acute problem that's that's at hand um and it's just not ideal i would say it's not ideal you know and and as a surgeon i wouldn't really want someone to be looking after my case to be washing out my hematoma or to be you know treating my infected case or whatever it is you know i want to look after it myself because i know what's going on i want to make sure you get the best best result and i don't want some other person or surgeon getting involved and doing things because i'd want to look after myself and i think most surgeons are like that i think uh it's a thing honestly uh when you pay 2k for surgery and you fly back from turkey with a indentation yeah it's a funny old game Seely. it's a funny they'll make you not die but they won't save your nipple or breasts i mean i hope they'd save your nipple or breasts Seely. um you know, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. The bottom line, if you think you're going abroad, look at what the aftercare is and look at what would happen if you had a question or a concern. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's what you've got to be looking out for. So, Hayley Cheshire, I had phlebitis 12 years ago when I had my son. Does that make me more at risk of DVT after a tummy tuck? No, I don't think so. I think you would have probably had uh, phlebitis in your superficial uh, veins which are sort of closer to the skin rather than your deep veins where a dvt happens so um no i don't think so um hayley but still you know a dvt is a is a risk after a tummy tuck with anybody but i don't think that puts you at a higher risk um oh infection not induction yeah you don't want to come back from turkey with an infection uh they will try but it's not a given yeah yeah, it's just not ideal, is it, Seely? It's not ideal. But then I guess that's why it's cheaper. Maybe that might be one of the reasons why it's cheaper. And uh, you have to balance it because not everyone can afford this and that. I suppose you've got to balance what you can afford versus, um, you know, results and aftercare. Um, should I still be elevating legs overnight four weeks after surgery? Olivia, this is something for your surgeon. See, this is what we're talking about. You need to speak to your surgeon. So you need to say everyone have their own post-op regimes. So it's not for me to get involved with other surgeons' stuff. We all have different advice. Some will say elevate for four weeks. Some will say don't elevate at all. Some will say six weeks. Some will say for this many weeks and then at night. And so all this sort of stuff. So I think you've got to just go with your surgeon, I would, on that one because um, that's... Yeah, four weeks after surgery is quite soon. So this is something your surgeon needs to be working you, working with you. Kim, do you feel annoyed or frustrated at having to fix slash sort out problems from other surgeons abroad? Um, well, I wouldn't say no. No, I don't feel annoyed or frustrated because, um, I mean, I think we can all have we can all have problems. And I and I, as I say, I wouldn't get involved early on. I think the surgeon needs to get involved early on. But if someone comes to see me years after the surgery and they want some revision surgery, then I'll do revision surgery off anyone, off people abroad and people in this country. I mean, we all have require revisions. Um, and as I say, I don't think surgeons abroad are trying to do bad work. I don't think anyone's trying to do bad work, but anyone can have problems. So you can sometimes need to have revision surgery. So no, no, I don't. No. People are people. We're just treating people, Kim. We're treating people, we're helping people with a problem. That's what it's about. So it's the patient. So you don't want to take it out on the patient. You know, if you've got a patient with a problem, it's not like, oh, I'm annoyed because this is an overseas surgeon and he did it all wrong and he did the wrong thing. It's not going to help you, is it? If you're the patient, you're like, flipping out. I didn't know. I just went for this operation. I thought it would go well and it didn't go well. Oh, good God, I've lost everything. I'm sorry. And it didn't go well. And I'm, you know, it's all a bit wobbly and I'm not quite happy with it. So can I help, you know, so I've got to think, can I help you or not? Simple as that. If I can help you, I help you. If I can't, I can't. And I will treat you, not your, not your story. Put that strap line for the clinic. We treat you, not your story. Yeah, write that down. Make a note. Um, Olivia, what point can I start sleeping on my side post thigh lift? Olivia, talk to your... Talk to your surgeon, Olivia. Talk to your surgeon. Ask them. Um, I don't want to get involved. Don't want to get involved. 
I'd, I'd sleep on the side at any point after your thigh lift. I haven't got a problem with you sleeping on your side after a thigh lift, but presumably they have because you're asking at what point can you sleep on your side. So you better go with them because I don't want you sleeping on your side. Then you go back and you have a problem. And he says, you're sleeping on your side. I told you not to sleep on your side for 15 weeks. Yeah, but I got on a Facebook and there's a guy on Facebook told me I could sleep on my side, right? Don't just do what he says. Don't ask me. Jackie's lost Instagram. Oh, jeez. Instagram, are you there? Instagram, come in, Instagram. Is anyone in? <laughs> of course, it might be. There's no one actually on Instagram. If there's anyone in Instagram, please show yourself now. Is Instagram gone? Has Instagram stopped working? Do I have to do something? Should I say something? Uh, oh, God. What's this? What have I done? I was going to type something. I thought I could type something. Um, okay. Okay, not a problem. Not a problem. It's fine. Comment. Can I not comment? Link up. Oh, Jackie, is that you? Oh, you're back. Am I back? Am I on Instagram? It's working. Right. Okay. Good. Whew, that was close. Lost. Almost lost half my social media influence there. Honestly, I mean that we we could be talking some serious coverage. Almost got lost. If I, if I had lost Instagram, that was. Whew, that would have been a serious hole in my numbers of viewers there, honestly. Right. Okay. Um, Nadja's on Instagram anyway. Good on you, Nadja. Thank you for commenting. Very kind of you to, to, to be involved. Stephanie says, I've lost seven stone in weight and everything's going south. Um, would I be a good candidate for a tummy tuck and breast lift with implants? Sounds like it, Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, seven stone. Wow. Well done, you. Um, so number one, have you finished losing weight? If you haven't, carry on going and don't have anything done until you've finished. Number two, um, tummy tuck often is the case with seven stone weight loss. Breast lift and implants depends on what you're after. If you breast lift, quite possibly, because the, every, if everything going south, a breast lift is the thing that stops everything going south or at least brings it back up north. Implants depends on the size. Whatever size bra you wear, if you want to wear a bigger bra, then maybe a breast lift and implants. If you're happy with the bra that you wear, but you just want the shape to be made better, then maybe just a breast lift on its own. This is something we could talk about in the clinic. But um, yeah, I would say tummy tuck and a breast lift, implants if you want to be bigger, for sure. And well done on your weight loss. That's awesome. WLS is weight loss surgery. Ah, oh, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, of course. That was a WLS group, right? In some of my WLS groups, weight loss surgery. Yeah, of course. We all know that. All plastic surgeons know that, obviously. Any plastic surgeon worth their salt would know what WLS is. She thought I didn't know what WLS was. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, I didn't know what WLS was. You're quite right. Did it show? Obviously, it showed. Thank you. Weight loss surgery. Thank you. WLS group, honestly. Um, Olivia, oh my God, here we go. Olivia, what are you asking now? That's the problem with the foreign surgeons. Can't really ask these questions. Well, Olivia, that that's one of the issues, isn't it? So thanks. It's a lonely place to be probably with surgery abroad. Well, anyway, that's, I think if you're going to have surgery somewhere, you've got to make sure that you've got access to help if you need help with questions like, when can I sleep on my side? when how long do i need the garment for is this normal does this wound look okay you know all these things are very important to sort out before well it's not helpful now because you've gone, <laughs> you've gone already but anyway you know what can you do i don't know what to say greg's in the house hi greg nothing to see here move on greg <laughs> greg's taking some take notes greg you want to be an influencer like me this is how it's done my friend um right this is where it happens right here okay <laughs> right so uh kelly says hi greg i'm on facebook as well so i just want you to know that my reach is doubled I'm on face and actually youtube as well so you know that is what happens thank you yeah that is what happens you know keep your nose clean you stick with me you'll go far um so yes, Olivia, it's a lot. So I'm sorry to hear that, Olivia, but good luck with everything. And I hope that you get answers to your questions about your swelling and your 
whatever else was the thing. Oh, TikTok. I forgot. God, I've, to I've totally forgot about TikTok, Greg. I have totally forgot. My God. Do they delete your account after a while? I haven't. I've got to do a TikTok. It's, it was all right in the lockdown. We had time in the lockdown. Oh, my God. TikTok. Dear, oh, dear. What are you supposed to put on TikTok? Please tell me, someone. Honestly, I've got to mouth the words of a song. Is that what you've got to do? I don't know. Anyway, thanks for reminding me. I will put it on my list, on my to-do list. Do a TikTok. Right. Well, I've got a question here. Question goes something a little bit like this. Oh, God, pause due to pause connection. I'm going to push through it. I'm pushing through. Um, I've heard saline implants can easily carry bacteria. So I wanted to know if there are other implant options. <sighs> saline implants can easily carry bacteria. Is that right? I don't know. Um, right. I should have Googled this before I came on. Um, well, what I would say is that we don't use saline implants much because uh, silicone implants are better. So pretty much in this country, pretty much all the implants we use are silicone, silicone gel inside. There are different shells, so you can get a smooth one, a textured one, polyurethane one, but basically inside the implant, they're pretty much all silicone. They do make saline ones, but we tend not to use them. Uh, and if you've heard that saline can easily carry bacteria, I mean, the saline's sterile when you put it in, um, so I don't know if that's true that the saline can carry bacteria. I don't know if they've got a higher risk of infection with a saline implant. I'm not sure if that's true. I mean, the main problem is the silicone. I mean, even a saline implant has got a silicone shell. So if you said, I don't want any silicone in my body, I want a saline implant, you're like, fine, you can have a saline implant, but the shell is still silicone. Um, but it's the shell that carries the bacteria, I would suggest, rather than the saline. I don't know. Um, but in answer to your question, are there other options? Well, definitely, yes, silicone. So um, as I say, the cell, the shell's always silicone, and the contents can be saline or silicone. And so the, the other option is silicone gel. So most implants that we use in this country are silicone gel rather than saline. And in my view, it's better to use silicone gel than saline. Saline's got a higher risk of rippling. Saline's got a risk of deflation. Um, silicone gel has a better feel to it and uh, gives a better result uh, but if you have a thing that you don't want the gel in your uh, silicone in your body as i say there's still a silicone shell with a with a saline implant but you know if there's a particular reason that you might want a saline implant then you know you can have a saline implant but as i say we very rarely use them in this country because um i don't think they're as good personally i think they're ripple and they're just you know but hey, it's just my view. Um, good. Okay. Next question, please. Um, I saw Mr. Stiano do a Facebook Live where he briefly spoke about correctional surgery. How long after the surgery would it have to be to get corrected? Does that mean he tries not to do correctional surgery? What's there? How long after the surgery would it have to be to get corrected? Does that mean he tries not to do correctional surgery? Um Okay, I'll answer the second bit. How long after surgery would it have to be to get corrected? It depends on what the problem is in answer to that question. So if the problem, so first of all, easy answer, minimum three months, I would say, uh, for a correctional surgery. We're not talking about um, complications, you know, hematomas and infections and stuff like that. You might need in, you might need surgery early if there's sort of like a, 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 a an urgent thing. But if we're talking about sort of revision surgery, so it's sort of like, um looking a bit not quite right then i would say minimum three months and then it depends on what the problem is if the problem's way off if it's like oh my lord that's up there and that's down there and it's all over the shop three months would be the minimum but what i normally say to people is it is not the end at three months things will continue to change three months they've only really started so really six months ideally 12 months i would say ideally 12 months maybe even 18 months, and things continue to sort of change and evolve over, you know, even longer than 18 months. Now, one thing you've got to be careful about is if they've got a revision policy of the hospital. So if they've got a revision policy of the hospital six months, and then you say, oh, I'll leave it till seven months, and then it's, oh, you're too late now. So sometimes in those situations, what we might do is put a revision form in at six months and say, look, I'm going to see you in a couple of months because I think it's getting better and you might not need the revision, but let's put it in before the six months of the hospital sort of um, 
acknowledge that. But um, in general terms, I think the longer you leave it for correctional surgery, the better. So when you say does not, does that mean he tries not to do correctional surgery? Well, I think everyone would rather not have correctional surgery, both as a surgeon as a, and as a patient. So I wouldn't say I try not to do it. I mean, I would rather it would sort itself out. But having said that, if it doesn't sort itself out, I've got a very low threshold to do it because I want to have happy patients. I'm very keen about having happy patients. I want patients to think that's a good guy and he's done a good job. So even if the problem is not that bad, even if there's a bit of a dog here, it's not that much. And it's, you know, I will have quite a low threshold to do revision surgery because I want to have a happy patient. But at the same time, I will advise you to leave it if it's starting to get better and if it's only a little dog here or something. I would say let's leave it another few months and see how it goes. So it depends on the problem, minimum three months, ideally 12 months, I would say, would be sort of ideal. But um, what's going on? What's going on? The only logical thing to do is make a TikTok of you dancing to wig wham bam. What the heck is wig wham bam? Wig wham bam. We, are, you say, are you saying something about, I used to be called wiggy at school. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah. Wiggy. Look at me now. Because I had an afro. I know. I don't know what wigwam bam is. Wigwam, wig, it's obviously a song, isn't it? I don't know. I'm not up with popular culture. Um, fascinating stuff, but I've got to go and help folks out there who want to get their hair back. Take care, mate. Greg, you're a legend. Listen, anyone wants their hair back, Greg's the man. Greg's a good friend of mine. And uh, thanks for dropping by, Greg, and getting the numbers up. Salma J96, or you could do TikToks of you doing minor procedures showing before and after. Does doesn't have to be dancing or lip syncing. Oh, you can do TikToks without dancing or lip syncing. Minor procedures showing before and after. Salma, how do I do that? Message me. <laughs> Tell me how to do a, a TikTok of me. It's a song from the 80s, is it? Oh, right. Okay. Um, I should mention my. I am not old enough. See, take notes. Yeah, dance. So, blimey, that's refreshing to hear that I don't have to dance or lip sync. Wow. Well, that's opened up my TikTok repertoire now. I'll do some, I'll do some, um, you've got a consultation. Good, right. Okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And you can tell me, uh, or we can do one. We'll do a TikTok tomorrow of a minor procedure. No dancing, no lip sync. Awesome. I'll have a look at uh, a TikTok. Thank you for that. That's reinvigorated my TikTok following. I feel bad for my followers on TikTok because they feel like I've neglected them, I'm sure. All four of them or however many there are. Uh, yeah, there used to be four. There's probably two now. Probably two have dropped out. So thank you, Salma. Right. Good. Blimey, I need to need to embrace this. Uh, was there a question up there or not? No, just Greg was going because he's doing hair transplants. There's a question over here. What's going on? Question on Facebook. Over to Facebook. Kelly, I have more questions, believe it or not. I don't believe it. I frankly don't believe it. Will my B12 deficiency, pernicious anemia, affect any surgery I was to have? I'm thinking the tests that are done before surgery. No, Kelly. Um, what I would hope is that your uh, vitamin deficiency is being treated. And so if as long as it's being treated and as long as you're in an optimum condition, then that's fine. If they're trying to find your levels and trying to get your levels right or trying to tweak any treatments you're doing, I would say, well, let them get that right first. But if your condition is stable, if, if you're being treated, whether that be diet or um, supplements, then I would say then that's fine. As long as you are, you know, stable with that. Just want to say a massive thank you for arranging the bra donation collection in Africa that we have privileged to get involved with. Will you do it again? Good question. I don't know. It's a funny times, isn't it? Funny times with this. So I don't know if we'll do it again. But yes, thank you, Nadia, for your absolute amazing support on Macon. They gave us, how many was it? Anyway, loads and loads of bras that we could donate. So thank you for that. Um, I don't know if we'll do it again. Um, and I don't know what's happening with all the things that are going on in the world, whether we do something different. But that was amazing support by you, Nadja, and thank you for that. Big up yourself and shout out to you. Thank you for being a great sport. Thank you, Seely. Well, thank you for making me do the uh, mask, which totally messed up my audio. B12 patches available on Amazon. I use them. Oh, there you go. Kelly, there's B12 patches available on Amazon. I'm not sure that's good medical advice to be giving on my... Uh, yeah, that's that's Seely saying that, Kelly, not me. 
get your pernicious anemia treated by your GP, by your by your doctor. Don't trust Seely. I don't think I don't know what qualifications Seely's got, but she's saying you go on Amazon. Don't do that. Seely, stop it. Stop saying that. Well, anyway, there are. There's B12. They deliver 10 times the amount of pills. All right. Right. We're not listening to Seely because she's giving medical advice. I don't know about that. I'm not medical. There you go. That's her saying that. She's not medical. I am. I'm medical. I don't know about Amazon. I don't know about B12 deficiency. Get your GP sorting that one out. Right. Move on quick. Kelly Hine, good question. I have PA too. Oh, there you go. We'll move on. We're back again. Do not trust me. <laughs> don't trust me. Don't trust Seely. Don't trust me. Talk to your GP. We don't know what we're on about. But uh, Jackie's got PA too. So uh, that was a great question. Well done. So Jackie and Kelly, as long as your GP or whoever's treating your pernicious anemia is happy with it, as long as you're on supplements or or as long as your levels are adequate, whether you're on supplements or not, then I would say, fine, there you go. I have an injection every three months. There you go. Celie, she has an injection every three months. Here we go. Olivia, I've got a bag of bras for you still under my bed, but I haven't seen you. Well, there you go. Well, come and see me and give me your bag of bras. Oh, my God, Olivia's injection. Who, who knew pernicious anemia was so pernicious? It's, it's everywhere. Pernicious, ubiquitous. Blimey, there you go. Olivia's got it as well. Flipping heck. Wow. Right. God. Well, on that note, what about this one, guys? What do you think about that? How long after pregnancy can I have surgery? A little twist on this question, because I think that's sort of a normal question. How long after pregnancy you can have surgery? And I normally say a, year, a six month minimum, a year ideally. But this is, that's the weirdest comment. Which one? Never. I've got the weirdest comment award. So, um, um, normally when someone says how long after surgery, how long after pregnancy can have surgery, they're talking about body contouring, whether it be breast or, or tummy. Um, and it's, then the answer to that is six months, uh, to let your body recover, ideally 12 months. So you have, um, time for your body to sort of get back into shape as it were. But this is saying scar revision on face. So nothing to do with body contouring. So if it's nothing to do with body contouring, um, and it's the scar revision on face. So I'm thinking that's a local anesthetic procedure because one of the things about pregnancy is you're hypercoagulable when you're around the time of delivering your child. Your body is more likely to clot because it's ready for the sort of trauma of delivering a baby. So you don't want to have surgery too soon after pregnancy because you're increasing your risk of DVT because your body might clot. But that's really GA surgery where you're sort of immobile. Scar revision on the face, you're not really that immobile. So I don't think there's any particular time limit, really. I mean, obviously, you can have a small child, so you probably don't want to do anything that's elective. And let's face it, this is elective. A scar revision is elective. So you want your child to be a, you know, a few months old, I'd guess. But I don't think there's any any um, time limit on that one. Um, if it's a scar revision on face, so that's a good little twist. It's a pivot on the on the pregnancy question. So I think if you've just if you if you're having a local anaesthetic case, I, I don't think there'd be any reason to have it at any, not to have it at any time. I've got a bag of bras for you. You've got oh that's the weirdest comment. The bag of bras comment. Right. Well, we um, give bras to Africa. That's why Seely. So um, yeah, smalls smalls for all. We're supporting a charity. Um, I have B twelve. If you have an uplift without implants, do you lose a cup size or more? No. No, 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 no. No, you don't. So um, you do lose a bit of volume. And I know people worry about losing a bit of volume, but it's not a huge amount of volume. It's only um, you, you take the skin when you do an uplift. So you're taking some skin out. So there is a small amount of volume, but you're looking at 15, 20 grams give or take, not a huge volume. And when you think of a cup size, it's probably about 150 grams. So you're, you know, a tenth of a cup size. So I guess by some bizarre, you know, situation, if you are right on the cusp between a C and a D cup, you know, and you're very, very just in the D, you could be made into a big C, you know. But really, broadly speaking, no, you're not going to lose any significant volume and i normally say to people the cup size should be the same the shape will be different they'll be lifted on your chest but the cup size will be the same obviously if you want a bigger cup size then that's an implants but it's a big deal having implants i always say have a 
um, I always say, if you're borderline and you're not sure how much bigger you want to be, then you could always have a lift in the first instance and see how you feel. If you wanted to be bigger, you could always have implants as a second stage. It would be a perfectly reasonable way of doing it and a way that many good surgeons would do it. Many very good plastic surgeons don't do it in one go. Um, I do do it in one go, but it's got a high risk of complications. So I tell people that it is a um, thing. But yeah, breast lift without implants is a very um, reasonable thing to do. And you do lose a little bit of volume, but certainly not a cup size. You are such a fantastic team too. You are team goals. We are team goals. That's Nadia, not me. We are team goals. Thank you. I'm a huge fan and thank you for the info. I have to read to my kid now, but love this. So thanks. Right back at you, Seely. <laughs> Take it easy, yeah? Take it easy. Go read to your kids, yeah? I should read to my kids, shouldn't I? Bad father. Not sure they care about that much anymore. But anyway, I, I will. I'll go and have a bash after this. But not right now, Seely, because I've got a comment right here. Olivia, it's a WLS WLS for the second time tonight. Someone's using a WLS. Now I know what WLS stands for, so I'm okay. It's a WLS surgery thing, JJ. B12. It's standard to have the injection every three months. I don't have a deficiency. What? You don't have a deficiency. Right. Well, I thought, okay. I thought you'd need to have a deficiency to have the... Oh, my God, I'm lying. I'm going to turn on the TV. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay, well, good. So you need a supplemented. It's a supplement rather than deficiency. So I think pernicious anemia, I think it is a deficiency. I mean, it's not, I'm on the edge of my abilities here, but I think that would be an, a, a deficient, a, a low levels. But maybe if you've had uh, bariatric surgery, it needs to be supplemented because you struggle to absorb it. Do you? Is that it? Anyway, yeah, fine. But that's good. Thanks, Thanks, Olivia. It's not for weight loss surgery. Okay, so maybe maybe it is for weight loss surgery as well, Kelly. I think maybe what Olivia is saying, people who have had a bariatric surgery where they've had some kind of um, surgery to their bowel, they might not be absorbing it as well. So they might need it as well. But pernicious anemia is a condition of B12 deficiency. Oh, my God, here we go. Oh, my God, we're getting into it's the white blood cells in your body. Oh, God, here we go. Guys, it's the white blood cells in your body. All right. It's not weight loss surgery. Right. Okay. I'm a plastic surgeon. Get me out of here. Get me a question quick. Get me a question. Get me a question. There we go. Whoa. That was close. Why can't you improve my scar? Why can't you improve my scar? Right. What was the question? Um, I'm out. See you, CV. Take it easy. See you next time. So this is a patient, a person, not a patient, because I haven't done surgery on him. Red blood cells, sorry. Okay. It's red blood cells, not white blood cells. Um, so this is a person who is uh, has got a scar on his head, and he said it's lumpy, and he um, has tried, I think he's had, oh, God, I can't remember. I should have written it down. He's, he's definitely had silicone gel. He might have tried steroid and he's asking if things can be made better. Now, looking at the photo, and he did allow me to show the photo, but he didn't want his face to be recognisable. And it was just too hard to make his face not recognisable. I didn't want to get in trouble. So I'm not going to show the photo. But anyway, it was a scar here somewhere, I think. And it was pretty flat. It was a little bit red. Um, I think it was three years old from memory. There's not much that I could do surgically. And I said I'd talk about it here. And I'm sorry I'm not showing the scar, but let take take my take my word for it. It's a like a picture it, a line here. So if you're going to revise a surge scar surgically, there's got to be a problem. It's got to be raised, maybe. Um well surgically or non-surgically if you're going to do things to a scar. If it's raised, uh you can do things and that's when you get into the steroids and the silicone gels. You can excise it if it's raised, but that'll be a, an end stage thing to do. Um, if it's stretched, if it's wide, if it's puckered, if it's dented in. So if there's a problem, so if it's wide, if it's dented or if it's raised, you might be able to do things to um, to, to revise it and make it better. But if it's just flat and if it's just a bit red, 
it's really hard to do something about that. I mean, you could cut it out and stitch it up, but you'd be having another flat red scar. There's no guarantee it will be made any better. So, um, oh, the other thing is if it's in a fat bad direction, you can change the direction of the scar. But um, we are limited as to what we can do for scar revision. And so it depends on what is a problem with the scar. And I think some, oh, oh my, 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 um, Sorry, I think something happened there on Instagram and it le left it. And I think Nadia asked me a question about Im implant. Oh, I've lost it now. Did it say, what's your favorite implant or something? Anyway, um, so yeah, so it depends on what's wrong with the scar. So if there's something wrong with the scar, we can um, do something about it. But it's really for a stretched, raised, dented, bad orientation scar. If it's just maybe a little bit red sometimes laser can help if it's red um if it's just a bit red often time helps with it's red so it's less than a year i'd say let it let time help it but i think this one was three years um and uh there's so i'm sorry i'm sorry to disappoint but i i find scar revision is one of those ones where i think people think we can do a lot more than we can they think we can get rid of scars when we can't we can only change them so i know nadia had a question i don't know if she's out there and I'm sorry that I lost you. I don't know what's happening on Instagram. What's my favorite implant manufacturer at the moment or something? Um, I don't, I mean, I, the implants that I use are the ones that I've always used and I've used them for a long time because I know the range, I know the books. Um, now, first of all, polyurethane implants is only one make. Makes it easy, Polytech. Polytech make polyurethane implants. If you want polyurethane implants, you have to have Polytech because they're the only company that make them. So that makes it easy. If you want silicone implants, there's loads of makes. And I don't think there's, you know, there's a lot of good good ones. And I don't think there's any one best one. And I would be a bit wary about anyone saying, these are the best. These are fantastic. These are the best. Because we'd all use them. And so in my view, I think there's a lot of good ones. And I tend to use Nagor. Um, I use Nagor. As I say, Polytech makes silicone implants as well as polyurethane. Uh, because I'm familiar. I'm familiar with Nagel. I'm familiar with Polytech. So those are the ones I would use if someone didn't have a view. But if someone had a view and said, oh, I want Mentor or, or you know, I want whatever, um, Seba or um, there's loads of makes. Um, anyway, I can't think of any other makes, but there's lots. <laughs> um, surgical, but they're the same as. Um, Eurosilicone, Eurosurgical, Eurosilicone, the same as the same company as Nagel. Anyway, if they wanted a specific make and if the hospital could get that make, I'd be happy using that make. Um, it's the dimensions you've got to look at. And um, the differences come, there are nuances with the texturing, um, but I, and there are nuances with the warranty. So those are the things probably you've got to look at. Um, they've all got the same silicone gel in them. And so I, I think you'd struggle to say that one silicone implant is better than another silicone implant. And I and I hear people saying, oh, this is the best and this one's really good. I'm like, and then you've got to, the other thing you've got to be careful when they say that, it might be that's the only one they can use. If they work for a company or something, the company has got to deal with that make, then they'll be, oh, yeah, this makes brilliant. They're the best. Whoa, we've traveled the world and we use this one. Yeah, but I want to use that one. Well, no, you can't because I've got to deal with that. You know, so if they've got a deal, they might have a vested interest. I've got no deals. I've got no uh, vested interest. I can use any implant you want as long as the hospital can get them. So for me, I think they're all good. And I wouldn't necessarily say the ones that I use are the best. I think they're very good. And I think they're as good as the others. But I don't think they're particularly better. They're just, I'm just familiar with them. And I know the range and I like them. <clears throat> so I think it's just a question of uh, doing your research, looking at the differences, the pros and cons, and choosing one that you're comfortable with. And by looking, you can't tell what make of implant you got by looking. You can't tell that someone's got a certain make uh, and say, oh, these go really good result. You know, they don't give a better result. As I say, it's the way they do the texturing, which you're not going to, which might have an effect on the capsular contracture rates. And it's the um, warranty. Those are the difference is really. Here we go. What's going on? Gastric uh, red blood cells. I had a gastric sleeve surgery. All bariatric patients routinely have B12 injections every three months, regardless of whether we are deficient. So good. So thank you, Olivia. Oh, here we go. But, oh, my God, we started something. 
Oh, God. Maybe after surgery, but mice for the rest of my life. I cannot come off it. PA can be life-threatening without it. Wasn't your GA waiting list time now, JJ? Okay. Olivia changed the subject. Good. So I think we can ascertain that um, B12 deficiency happens in people anyway, but which is pernicious anemia when you have a B12 deficiency. But also, in some circumstances, I don't know much about bariatric surgery. There's a different sort of person who does bariatric surgery, which is the weight loss surgery. There may be some deficiencies, and you may need to take supplements such as B12. So two groups of people who may need those supplements. And we've got examples of both here tonight. So, um, so good <laughs> for the rest of their life, it's like, I'm worse than you. My B12 is worse. No, my B. Right. What's your waiting list time now? Um, Olivia, it's a, it's a bit... Um, it's a bit... What's the word? Ad hoc, sporadic. We haven't got any re regular lists, to be, Olivia, to be honest with you, Olivia. We've got um, Simon Monkhouse. Yes, he's a bariatric surgeon. He know, he'll know all about this. B12 fiasco. Where is he when we need him? Um, so, um, so it's it's ad hoc, Olivia, and we're just taking we hand to mouth, Olivia. We're hand to mouth. We've had a couple of dates in uh, September for local and sedation, and I think we. I'm not to be honest. I'm not even sure. I think we've got some dates in uh, October and maybe November. I'm not sure local insulation so i think we, we we you know we got a few dates for that and we just got one date in october for a ga um which you know we just got that today it's like oh my god we got a date for ga so um and hopefully you know the idea is as the nhs start doing more then the hospitals will start releasing more dates one of the hospitals has already said to us we're not doing any plastic surgery until january um so you know I'm, and I'm telling people I didn't think it would be till January, but as I say, we just got some dates in October in one of them. So it's, um, you know, it's a bit. It's, we haven't. I wouldn't say what my waiting list is. Everyone's just sitting on that waiting list, and we're just desperately trying to do people. But if we can get, we have got better availability between local and sedation, which I think helps everybody because as we get people on the local and sedation list, then um, we can shorten the ga list if you like so even if you're not a candidate or you don't want local insulation the fact that i'm doing cases under local insulation is helping the waiting list so i'm really happy that uh, we got we got uh, availability with the local insulation so um yeah so i wouldn't like to say my waiting list is this but i think for ga ga i'm, I'm telling people it'll be in the new year but it's good news that we're starting getting some dates now which is good you're a cracker, JJ. Thank you, Olivia. You're a cracker too. And I'm sorry to hear about your B12 problems. Um, Simon Monk's house. I've no trepidation recommending you, and I do. I've no trepidation recommending you, and I do. Me. Also, thank you. Anyway, CV, thank you for that kind of you. That has been a roller coaster. I think you'll agree. I'm emotionally and physically exhausted. Um, I'm going to have a lie down. I'm going to read, read to my children because uh, that's the kind of guy I am. And I will see you right here, Facebook Live, um, 7 o'clock next Tuesday night. And uh, that's going to be fun. So thank you for the B12 uh, deficiency questions and others, obviously. Not just the B12 deficiency, but also other questions. I am going to sign myself out of here. I suggest you do likewise. And I will see you next week. Hasta la vista. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.